Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about hemorrhoids. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash hemorrhoids or in the general surgery section of the Zero to Finals surgery book. So let's get straight into it. Hemorrhoids are enlarged anal vascular cushions. It's not clear why they become enlarged and swollen, but they're often associated with constipation and straining to open the bowels. They're also more common with pregnancy, obesity, increased age and increased intra-abdominal pressure, for example weightlifting or chronic coughing. They often occur in pregnancy, most likely due to constipation, pressure from the baby in the pelvis and the effects of the hormones that relax the connective tissues. Let's talk about the anal cushions. The anal cushions are specialised submucosal tissue that contain connections between the arteries and the veins, making them very vascular. They are supported by smooth muscle and connective tissue. They help to control anal continence along with the internal and external sphincters. The blood supply is from the rectal arteries. When we describe pathology at the anus, it's described as a clock face, as though the patient was in a lithotomy position on their back with their legs raised. 12 o'clock is pointing towards the genitals and 6 o'clock is pointing towards the back. The anal cushions are located at 3 7 and 11 o'clock. Let's talk about the classification. The classification of hemorrhoids depends on their size and whether they prolapse from the anus. First degree hemorrhoids have no prolapse. Second degree hemorrhoids prolapse when straining and they return inside the anus on relaxing. Third degree hemorrhoids prolapse when straining, do not return on relaxing but can be pushed back inside and fourth-degree hemorrhoids are permanently prolapsed. Let's talk about the symptoms. Hemorrhoids may be asymptomatic. They're often associated with constipation and straining. A common presentation is with painless, bright red bleeding, typically on the toilet paper when wiping or seen after opening the bowels. The blood is not mixed in with the stool. And if there's blood mixed with a stool, this should make you think about an alternative diagnosis. Other symptoms include a sore or itchy anus and the feeling of a lump around or inside the anus. On examination, you may see external prolapsed hemorrhoids visible on inspection and these look like swellings covered in mucosa. Internal hemorrhoids may be felt on a PR exam, although this can be difficult or impossible and they may appear or prolapse if the patient is asked to bear down during inspection of the anus. Proctoscopy is required to properly visualise and inspect the hemorrhoids. This involves inserting a hollow tube called a proctoscope into the anal cavity to visualise the mucosa. Let's talk about management of hemorrhoids. It's important to consider the differential diagnoses in patients that are presenting with symptoms such as rectal bleeding. And these include anal fissures, diverticulosis, inflammatory bowel disease and colorectal cancer. Consider testing for anemia if there's prolonged bleeding or clinical signs of anemia. Topical treatments of hemorrhoids can give relief for symptoms and help to reduce the swelling. 
And some examples of topical treatments are anisole, which contains chemicals to shrink the hemorrhoids, which are called astringents, anisole HC, which also contains hydrocortisone, which is a topical steroid to reduce inflammation, although this is only used short term, germaloids cream, which contains lidocaine, a local anaesthetic, and proctocedal ointment, which contains cinchocaine and hydrocortisone, again only used short term. An important part of managing hemorrhoids is the prevention and treatment of constipation. And this involves increasing the amount of fibre in the diet, maintaining a good fluid intake, using laxatives when required, and consciously avoiding straining when opening the bowels. There are a number of non-surgical treatments for hemorrhoids. These include rubber band ligation, where a tight rubber band is fitted around the base of the hemorrhoid to cut off the blood supply, injection sclerotherapy, which involves an injection of phenol oil into the hemorrhoid to cause sclerosis and atrophy, infrared coagulation, which involves using infrared light applied to the hemorrhoid to damage the blood supply, and bipolar diathermy, which is where an electrical current is applied directly to the hemorrhoid to destroy it. There are a few surgical options for treating hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoidal artery ligation involves using a proctoscope to identify the blood vessels that supply the hemorrhoids and suturing it to cut off the blood supply. Hemorrhoidectomy involves excising the hemorrhoids. Removing the anal cushions may result in faecal incontinence. And stapled hemorrhoidectomy involves using a special device that excises a ring of hemorrhoid tissue at the same time as adding a circle of staples in the anal canal. The staples remain in place long term. Finally, let's talk about thrombosed hemorrhoids. Thrombosed hemorrhoids are caused by strangulation at the base of the hemorrhoid, resulting in thrombosis or a clot forming within the hemorrhoid. And this can be very painful. Thrombosed hemorrhoids appear as purplish, very tender, swollen lumps at the anus. A PR examination is unlikely to be possible due to the pain and tenderness. Thrombosed hemorrhoids will resolve with time, although this can take several weeks. The NICE clinical knowledge summaries from 2016 suggest considering admission if the patient presents within 72 hours with extremely painful thrombosed hemorrhoids they may benefit from surgical management. So thanks for listening to this episode on hemorrhoids. As always, a big thank you to Harry for editing the podcast and I hope we see you for the next episode where we'll talk about diverticular disease.